episode of the New Craft House podcast is sponsored by Faf. We use Faf sewing machines in all of our sewing and in all of our workshops, and they really are the best of the best. With everything from beginner machines like the Smarter Range to the Ambition machines that we use in classes to the top of the range creative icon, Faf have something for every sewist. Welcome to episode 5 of the New Craft House podcast. This week's episode is a Sewing Weekender special released whilst the online Sewing Weekender is taking place so you can all sew along while you listen. We're joined today by Rachel from The Fold Line who founded the Sewing Weekender alongside Charlotte from An English Girl at Home. Kate and Rachel started The Fold Line in 2015 after meeting while working at Sew Over It. Initially an online sewing community hub, The Fold Line has grown into the biggest online sewing pattern shop in the UK. They're a huge part of the online sewing community and their weekly blogs and vlogs serve up endless sewing inspiration. They held their first sewing weekend of five years ago and are taking it online this year to keep us connected and sewing through lockdown with online talks, classes and vlogs. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Without no, Kate? Pleasure. Just you? I know. Is that weird? Um, no, it's not weird, but it, I feel like I've kind of been like let out, you know, because usually she does all the <laughs> yeah, stuff. And, uh, whereas this time she's like recorded all the intro videos for the weekend. She was like, Rachel, you really should do something. And I was like, no, I want to, I want to. But, and then when she said about you doing the podcast, I was like, that sounds perfect. I was like, let's do that. So this is my contribution of chatter to the weekend. <laughs> so how did the decision to take it online come about did you did you had you planned any of the weekender before this yes point? yeah so we'd actually pay the deposit and like book the weekend mm. and everything um and then of course I mean this was a while ago that we thought you know lots of events were getting cancelled over the summer and I thought by the time August comes up I still don't think it's going to happen so we made the decision quite early on to postpone to next year but then once the kind of seriousness of lockdown started, then we were like, you know, actually, let's try and take this online. It was actually Charlotte's idea. Um, let's take it online because it then means we can still have it. So the whole thing has been put together like really quickly um, because we wanted to do it while people were still in lockdown, basically. And how many tickets have you sold, you were saying? Um, as of this morning, Charlotte tells me it's over a thousand. That's insane. Which, I mean, we were hoping for like 400. We thought, like, if it goes really well, we'll sell about 400. But yeah, it's over a thousand. I mean, it's just crazy. But it's brilliant because, you know, we're raising so much money for charity, which, you know, all the profits will go to the charities that we've chosen. And the only costs we've got are basically to pay for Zoom. That's it. So the rest of it. Going to charity, so you know, we're, we're really thrilled. We just hope the technology holds up. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure now. <laughs> Internet connections, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, how many tickets is it for like a normal sewing weekender? Um, so we only sell 100 for a normal sewing weekender, wow. um, because the we have it at a um women's college in Cambridge University, and so we're restricted obviously by room sizes and that kind of thing. So um, we only are able to do it for 100, um, which is why the tickets, unfortunately, do sell out really quickly. And I think last year it was eight minutes, was it? Yeah, it was so something when, mad. Yeah, really it was. So unfortunately, a lot of people get to miss out. Whereas this way, like, we've got people from all over the world coming. It's amazing. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's actually a really nice way to get more people involved. Yeah. Do you think maybe you'll yeah. continue it? 
Well, I think we were thinking that we might do both maybe next year. Mm. We could have an online one yeah. and then one in person. Because it's nice to do, you know, to do both. So we are considering it. I think we'll see how it goes the weekend, what people think about, you know, what we've done and stuff. And then, you know, we'll have to think about it next year. For our listeners who aren't actually familiar with the Sewing Weekender, yeah, could you just describe what it is and what happens over yeah, the weekend? Yeah, sure. So basically, um, it's a very informal affair. So you turn up for the weekend and you bring a project to make and then you sat in a room with lots of other people who love sewing and you can either bring your own machine or we provide you with one. And then the idea is that you, you know, you chat to people, get to know them while you're sewing. Although usually, I mean, we've had people that have come that actually haven't even managed to sew one seam. They've been chatting <laughs> that much over the weekend that they just haven't made anything. Um, and then we do have some talks as well from like designers and business owners in the industry in the morning that you can come to. And um, we have workshop, which you guys did last year with the knicker making. Uh, and then we have a mass fabric and pattern swap as well so people bring loads of stuff there and then in the evening we usually go to the local pub or have dinner and drinks together um so it's very sociable very relaxed you know so and we were also lucky we get loads of sponsorship from businesses as well so there's always a really good goodie bag for everybody too yeah highlight of the weekend the goodie bag always. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always make sure i take one home as well i absolutely love a goodie bag yes. <laughs> so no i've organized it i love it so we always get one as well <laughs> and it's held at your old college right maybe some people don't know um no so I didn't actually go to that one I went oh, to Keys to do my PhD um but we wanted to do it outside of London because we're conscious that you know a lot of stuff happens in London and also you've just got much more space you know they've got beautiful gardens and grounds and there's lots of artwork they have in the college as well so there's plenty to do and it's easier for people that are coming down from the north to get to so it's a bit more inclusive that way about the fold line okay um so we we've got a little list of questions that mostly we were interested in (laughs) okay we already know about your business but we were wondering what was your initial business idea and how did it come about because you were working together at so over it yeah so we only overlapped actually for a short while um so over it so kate was managing the shop that was in clapham that's now closed and I started doing sort of various bits like teaching and then I moved to doing wholesale and that's when we overlapped for a little bit. Um, and I think Kate, she's from like a really entrepreneurial family anyway. So she'd always wanted to do her own business. And I was quite keen because I was only working part time to kind of do something else. Um, and so we just got quite drunk one night with our friend Alex, who also worked <laughs> for it. And we were like, yes, we should start a business. But then we were like, what should it be? <laughs> so initially we weren't really sure. Um, and then we actually read a blog post by um, Karen Ball, um, who's a blogger in the same community, um, called Did You Make That? And she was talking about Ravelry and how there wasn't like a sewing equivalent. Um, so the initial idea came from that, actually that we thought, you know, we avid makers ourselves, was all these new pattern companies that were launching at that time. Um, And we were like, you know, trying to find all the information, the inspiration in one place was impossible. So we're like, if we start with that as a kind of an idea where we want to bring everything together, then we hoped it would be like a really kind of useful kind of community site for everybody to use. And then obviously over the years, it's kind of evolved from that. 
So, but I think we still keep, I hope we still keep that same kind of essence of wanting to inspire what you're making, you know, and also providing a platform for, you know, designers and things to launch them, their own collections. Yeah. And most recently you've started doing the pattern printing. Is that like the most recent business? Yes, it is. So that started um, in October last year. So we've got this massive industrial printer, which we call Brenda, affectionately. <laughs> um, and so she's actually, well, she was in my spare bedroom for quite some time, which was a bit of a challenge. Uh, but she's now moved to the warehouse. Um, I wasn't sorry to see her go, I'm going to lie. Um, but actually it's worked quite well because we've got, we're printing so much stuff now that I, I, there's no way I could have coped anymore um so yes we have a big printer so now if you buy any pdfs from us or you bought one from a designer somewhere else you can get all your patterns printed um which is which is great actually because nobody likes sticking a pdf pattern together do they so that's funny actually the project a lot easier Um, because we ordered some patterns recently and I as I was placing the order I was like is Rachel still doing this in her bedroom like am I giving her work (laughs) is she still folding them all thankfully I'm not gonna lie thankfully no I'm not doing that anymore Um, but actually it was I'm glad that we did do it at the start because I think in all things in business it's really important that you do them yourself to start with because then you know how long it takes and how much effort goes into it and like what you want to provide your customer so I'm always very keen on us doing everything first and then thinking okay what can we do now to you know make this sort of work better for the business and grow you know so offload the jobs you don't want (laughs) (laughs) although when I did have it at home it was great so I felt like making something I was just like I'm just gonna pop upstairs get Brenda to print this for me so it's quite (laughs) convenient I I don't have that option anymore so that's the only downside of moving moving out the house (laughs) So you mentioned that you only actually overlapped for a short time. That's quite a big, like Rosie and I went into business together, but we'd been mates for 10 years at that point. Yeah, a long time. So how did you know that it was going to (laughs) work? Well, I mean, I guess the reality is that we didn't at all. Um, And I think like you've got the advantage of knowing each other well, but I think also that can be a disadvantage, whereas we didn't have any kind of like, I don't know what you call it, not like friendship baggage, but you know what I mean? <laughs> we got we a lot of that. that. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, you know, we didn't know each other that well. So we were kind of starting afresh, which I think, you know, worked, seemed to work quite well for us. And, you know, over the years, we've just, you know, we've realised like we complement each other very well we couldn't run this business without the other person because our skills are very different but they're also both equally essential to running the business you know so Kate does um you can see her more on the videos and she does a lot of the more of the creative side of things because that is definitely her strength and you know I'm much more about spreadsheets and stuff and that just wouldn't make a very interesting business (laughs) um but the two of them together though like you know it means we're organized and hopefully we're producing interesting stuff that people enjoy so it, it works well together did you like separate out the jobs quite early on or did they sort of naturally I think it it naturally happened quite early on um I mean we do a lot of stuff together like planning and you know making big decisions in the business we definitely do all of that together but it's sort of naturally divided off you know into those kind of more operational and more creative roles like fairly early on actually so yeah and we've maintained that since really so you've kind of answered our next question. Oh, yeah, I'm just looking at <laughs> I've jumped, I've jumped <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, so that was 2015. Yes, we started planning in the summer of that year and then we launched in the October. Yeah. Or sort of spring, spring, summer, yeah. And were you both still working other jobs at that time? Yeah, and we were for quite a long time, actually. Um, I'm trying to think how long it was. I mean, maybe it was a couple of years, actually, that we were both still working. I was working part-time, Kate was working full-time. And then we did various sort of consultancy bits as well after that. Um, So... But now, I mean, I must have been doing this full time for, I think, probably, yeah, it must be about two years now. So, and Kate um, came full time a little bit after me. So that's the joy, really, of having two of you and you running your own business that wherever your circumstances and stuff are, you can choose what you want to do, you know. So um, that that's worked quite well for us. But I think definitely, you know, big change when we opened the pattern shop that it really did enable us to then think okay this seems to be working and we can give up our other jobs and focus much more on the business which is a lot easier I'm sure you guys know from juggling various things that you know being able to just focus on like one kind of business and one project you know splitting your brain into (laughs) lots of different bits so yeah it's been much easier since we were able to do it both full time. Mm -hmm. And the business grows much quicker as well. Yeah, definitely. As soon as you're yeah. working on it full time, yeah. things yeah. just happen really quickly. Otherwise, even at the moment, actually in lockdown, with doing reduced hours, it, mm. like two weeks can go by really quickly and you're still thinking about a decision yeah. Yeah. that you should have made really quickly. Yeah. And other people are working slow as well, aren't they? So yeah. Everything's yeah. slowed down. Yeah, I know, it's true. Although I think actually in some ways, although lockdown it was really stressful when we had to like very suddenly close the warehouse you know without really any great deal of warning um obviously completely understandable right decision to do but you know we then had to take like four thousand products off the shop pretty much overnight (laughs) so that was really hard to do um but on the other hand since then that then did give us some time to spend and think okay well actually what do you want to do during this time because we've got a you know, more hours in the week. Um, and, you know, so we're able to do a lot of editing of the website and improve things. So this, you know, like all these things, there's been pluses and minuses to it, really. So, And how has lockdown affected your business? You mentioned that you shut. Yeah, so um, that was quite scary because at that point you just didn't know when you were going to reopen. So we were closed for three weeks, although we could still sell PDF patterns. So... You know, we were really lucky that we could do that. But obviously, it had took a massive, massive hit, um, really, in the sense of, you know, the kind of number of patterns we're normally selling each week. Um, so it was quite a scary time. But I think then once we had a plan in place that we could reopen safely and our um, the team that works with us at the warehouse, you know, they were happy with everything, then, you know, we then had a bit more confidence thinking, oh, maybe this is going to be okay. You know, so um, and then since then, really, because a lot of people seem to be sewing at home and making stuff like, the, the, you know, people have been buying lots of sewing patterns. So that's been brilliant. So, yeah, a bit of everything, really. <laughs> How's it been for you personally? Have you been at home? Yeah, so I actually it's not been massively different for me to normal because I work at home anyway. I have done for a long time. Um, and Kate and I actually don't meet out with each other that often. You know, we chat loads and we WhatsApp all the time. 
Um, I, I definitely WhatsApp her too much. Probably a voice. But because uh, I'm just used to being at home anyway on my own. So although initially obviously it was a bit weird and everybody had sort of, you know, slight difficulties of accessing supplies and food and stuff they needed. But after sort of a few weeks when things settled down, now it doesn't actually feel that different for me to normal really. Um, so... Yeah, I've definitely got more used to it. I mean, I'm missing my friends and family and that kind of stuff a lot. But work-wise, it just means less meetings, actually. So I, th- I think I've been a bit more productive. Really. Yeah. <laughs> less unnecessary meetings. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if you have them online, you're not having to travel. Yeah. Even though I live near London, it, as you guys know, it just takes ages to get anywhere. You could easily spend an hour going into central London an hour back for a half an hour meeting. We don't have to do that now, so... I can see us doing a lot more stuff online going forwards because it's just a lot more efficient, you know, so. So what have been maybe some of the hardest things that you've dealt with, like, throughout the Foldlands business journey? Um, I think some of the tricky, well, the trickiest thing has probably been the website. And for people that, you know, have followed us since the start, they'll know this. Um, Because the kind of, the biggest skill that Kate and I don't, either of us don't have is any ability to edit or code you know websites and so um we do have a great guy Richard who does all of that stuff for us but we didn't meet him until kind of a couple of years into after we'd launched the fold line um but the trouble is that it's, it's grown quite big as a website. Lots of people visit it for the blogs and those kind of things. And now we have the shop as well. And it often does struggle sort of with capacity and there's various issues. And so we have some really stressful times where the website is down for a day and that kind of thing. I mean, you two probably know this as well. And, and it's just that panic of just not being able to like sort it out yourself. Um, so I think that's probably been our hardest struggle. And also changing from the start to now you know adding a shop things like that it's major sort of kind of um software that has to go into your website and I mean we've redesigned it completely I think probably three times now you know and I think being an on particularly a very focused online business that's something that you do have to factor into your business plan is that every couple of years you really need to just do the whole thing again because you need to keep up with new yeah. technology um yeah I think that's been our hardest struggle we've always been really lucky that we've got on incredibly well so we've never had a disagreement I don't think at all um so and if one of us feels really strongly about something the other's just like well you know if that's how you feel then let's do that so we've been really lucky that that side of things has never been an issue it's the technology (laughs) the difficult thing for us um so yeah I'd say that's the biggest struggle we've had so you have someone called Richard who helps. Yeah. <laughs> you have yeah, other he, people. He who lives help. quite locally, and literally, we just we couldn't survive without him. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we're, we're really lucky to have him. He works freelance as well, so he fits everything in around other stuff he does. So he's really flexible. But yeah, he's an absolute gem, definitely. Do you imagine that your team will grow in the future? You have the warehouse who fulfil everything. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we have a team there. They manage that and do everything there. Um, you know, they're brilliant. It's um, a husband and wife team that do it. So they're really lovely people. Um, so, we're, you know, that's been a massive help to be able to, for us not to do that personally. I think we couldn't grow the business at all if we were doing all of that side of it ourselves as well. Um, and then we also have 
um, a few other people helping as well. So Barbara from Rocking Stitch, you you, you probably met Barbara, don't you? Um, so she helps us with like our newsletter and some of our social media. Um, and then we also have Christina who manages our shop. So she'll add all the kind of new designs and things in that, you know, we're going to sell. And then also my mum still works for us as well. She did from the start. Um, so she adds all the designs to the database and then she kind of partners with Christina and then Christina kind of makes them all live, you know, and adds the files and stuff. So they work really closely together. So, yeah, everybody um, works part time, but we are really lucky to have really committed team like you know they all work incredibly hard and there's just no way that we could have done this without them so we're very lucky no go on (laughs) is there like another role that you would love to like hire for and like get someone to do all that side of whatever yeah I think um we probably are getting to the point where because we'd certainly at the moment we've got a lot more customers a lot of people with the sewing bee are starting to sew for the first time so we do get lots of emails from people that you know need help and you know that kind of thing um so i think we might get to the point maybe you know by the end of the year where we might need a bit of help with that side of things of kind of from customer service because at the moment kate and i do all of that ourselves because we've always felt it's really important that particularly if people are struggling to like download a pdf something like that that we you know respond really quickly so they can get on with their sewing and their you know and what they want to do um but i think probably it will get to a point you know where we just simply can't answer all the emails quickly enough so i think at that point that's probably the next thing i think we will look to get help with and you used to have on your website a really big forum that was really active with people chatting a lot yes and now you have a facebook group where which kind of serves as the same yeah yeah it does so we initially had the forum and the website because we really wanted people to be able to meet each other and chat and you know that kind of thing um and the trouble was it just it wasn't working very well you know the website couldn't really cope with it and we also had a lot of issues with spamming and there were difficulties and i was being able to control that so we decided to um close that down and then have a separate facebook group which i think has worked a lot better i mean mean, there's now i think there's more than ten thousand people Mm. in it so there's loads um and it's really nice and we focus very much on sewing so you share what you're making you ask help for your projects and that kind of thing so it's very much focused on that side of things and we do dip in and out as well and if people have questions and stuff they can tag us and we'll help them in there as well so yeah whenever I'm making a project I often go and search it oh do you oh that's interesting yeah Yeah. just to see if anyone's made it yeah like I would look at it the hashtag on Instagram for it but it's really active that yeah um, no it is it is yeah yeah and and generally speaking I think people like find it a really nice space you know to get to know other makers and you know share what they're making so um as with all these things like moderating groups is really difficult um and you know we put a lot of time into that and we try to get it right don't always um but you know we're we're certainly very conscious that these spaces need to be inclusive for everybody and everybody to feel welcome you know and confident to share what they're making so yeah because when I see a huge group like that, I just think yeah. that must be so much work to moderate it. Yeah. I mean, we are lucky that there's a few people in the group that are brilliant at, like, reporting any 
content that's not appropriate and to be fair it's really rare that that actually happens there's very little spamming because we do you have to fill in questions to join the group so that usually filters those kind of issues out but we are lucky to have some people in there that are happy to volunteer their time and you know monitor what's going on so that really helps us because like you say I can't possibly check every comment and every set because there's thousands of them so yes no we're really lucky and for the fold line going forward what do you imagine? Because it's changed quite a lot since you since has, we first yeah. met you. I imagine we met you in 2015. Yeah, I remember we went to the Lighterman in King's Cross. Well, oh, that's yeah. probably not the first oh, time we yeah. met you, but I really remember that. <laughs> <laughs> like a nice lunch. Um, yeah, no, that's true. Um, so I think because we've had a lot of changes recently, like with the shop and then the printing, um, and we did quite a big sort of marketing project last year as well, which we haven't really implemented yet, but we had somebody like look over that website to see what we were doing, you know, and how we could produce better content and stuff that, you know, people were more interested in. Um, so I think the sort of rest of this year, we're kind of focusing on that, the new things, we've did a lot of new projects quite quickly, and we want to focus this year really on making sure all of those are working the best they can do um, and that everything is as accessible um, to people as it can be as well as user-friendly. Um, in the long term, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, I mean, people always ask us, oh, are you going to sell fabric? But we don't have any plans, you know, to do that. We work with a lot of businesses like you guys who already sell, you know, fabrics and that's definitely not an area that we want to go into because I think that our strength lies with the sewing pattern side of things. So maybe we'll look at doing more things related to that, but I don't think we'd, we'd look at branching out further than that. So that's not, that's not a very exciting answer, I'm afraid. I don't really know. I have no idea what we'll be doing that's, in five years. That's kind of, that's what about you two? Have you got yeah. plans? Because your shop obviously opened recently, didn't it, as well? So yeah. how's that going? Is, has that made a big difference to your business? huge difference yeah yeah and it's much more scalable than the classes yeah the workshop side of the business was kind of at capacity really yeah they were sold out most weekends so i might hopefully the fact and especially at the moment if we didn't have the fabric we'd have nothing yeah Yeah. and the fact that we have been able to keep going just with the fabric kind of shows that it is a really important part of the business basically yeah yeah we should i think that's always key is to have like several different kind of things that you do you know because like you said I mean no no one could have possibly thought we'd have a pandemic did they but (laughs) you know you you never know quite what's going to happen and if you have various different elements to your business then you can drop one of them and then hopefully you'll still be okay so have you guys ever thought about opening a physical store so that was one of the things that we decided on very early on I mean, literally almost one of the first conversations that we had that neither of us wanted to do that. <laughs> not because we don't think that, like, you know, having high street shops is, re- you know, it's not really important, but because it is. But I think for us, because we're quite niche with sewing patterns, you don't actually necessarily have to see them physically like you do fabric. So we just never thought that there would be a demand for that. And I think certainly for me, I'm much happier working behind the computer. So um I'm not sure I would have really enjoyed that kind of aspect of you know the commitment of having a shop particularly on like you know a high street where you obviously want to be open all the time um I think it's really tough particularly now to try to make that work and I really do admire people that do have shops um but it was never something that was in the plan 
Um, we always thought that to go online really from the start was the way we wanted to do it. Especially during, at the moment, during lockdown. Yeah. It's made me realise how nice it is to have an online business. Yeah. There's less yeah. risk. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I guess for you guys, though, um, you kind of got a happy medium because if you want to do open days and that sort of thing, you've got a space that allows you to do that, haven't you? So yeah. but you don't have that commitment of having to do it every day. Yeah, and having fixed hours, like, yeah. I think one of the main reasons we started our own business <laughs> was so we could work when we wanted to work. Yeah. yeah you were talking about 14-hour days, that's not happening over here. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely, definitely work harder now than when I've worked, not harder, but longer hours than when I've worked for other people, because it's just, there is always something to do, you know, like... It, it never, never ends. And I'm not very good at putting the laptop down and doing other things. I have definitely got better over the years at it. But, you know, I, I'm definitely a workaholic and not, not necessarily in a good way, I don't think, you know. Well, if you ever like to shadow us for a week, <laughs> I think we have the opposite issue. We should rub off on each other and be yeah. like a happy medium. <laughs> has always been centered right right from the start around creating a community and giving that community a place to interact with each other and the sewing weekender was your way of bringing that into a in-person event yes definitely so when we first started because the plan was to always be online you know we thought that you know we wanted to be able to meet people um that we you know, were part of the community and, and get to know them. And I can remember when we still had the forum on the old website that there were a group of people that met up and they went fabric shopping. I think it was on Goldhawk Road. Um, and there's a lovely photo of them and they emailed us and said, oh, we've met each other, you know, through mm-hmm. the forum and now, you know, we're friends and we're going fabric shopping together. And I was just like, that to me was such a great, thing to come out of it you know that's what we wanted those kind of connections for people to have so then um we started to think about well how could we do this you know in a bigger way and um I met Charlotte really early on at one of the first meetings I think it was the nylon meetings where it was at the VNA. I don't know if you ever went to one of those. So people come over from New York and London, which is why it's the, like nylon name. Um, and I remember meeting her there and she'd come down from Birmingham. And so, and obviously Charlotte's, you know, well known for organising lots of meetups for different groups of herself, you know, herself, particularly So Brum, which is a massive meeting and um, meetup in Birmingham every year. And, and then I can't remember sort of how it came along, but I think we'd been talking about it. Then Charlotte might have emailed us and said oh, I was thinking of doing something, do you want to get involved? And we were like, well, actually, we've been chatting about it, so why don't we all do it together? Um, And we're really lucky that we work really well together um, and it's always been really, you know, easy for us to organise it. So that's when we decided, like, let's do it in person. And, you know, we wanted it to be outside of London and that's when I suggested, well, let's try Cambridge. It's a lovely city and, you know, the colleges are really accommodating. And also they work really well, so... You know, they're accessible for people and, you know, you can stay over as well in because we do it in the summer. So the students aren't there so you can stay in their rooms and it just works perfectly. We eat on site and everything. 
So um, that's when we decided that there would be a good place to do it. And, and I think in the first year we only did, was it 40 or 50 people, so it was smaller. And now we've taken over like four rooms at the college each year so we could fit in even more. But I think 100 is the capacity, though, because it, it is a little bit like organising a wedding every year. <laughs> and, uh, and you don't want, you know, I think like 400 guests. I just don't think my even my spreadsheeting skills could go up with that. Um, so, yes, but it is a really important an aspect of what we do and um I wish we could do more of them but they do take a huge amount of time to organize and obviously we work with a lot of small businesses that sponsor the weekend uh, um and that's why we're able to keep the ticket prices really low um and I think that if we kind of were to do multiple events through the year I'm not sure we'd still be able to achieve that you know um and that's important to us that as many people can come you know yeah. as possible so um although now of course we are going to some we have done like a knitting and stitching show and the stitch festival so we do get to meet up with people there which is nice but obviously it's not anywhere near the same as being able to sit down for a weekend you know and, and make stuff and just indulge in your hobby really so do you actually find time to sew at them <laughs> i've seen you at it you don't sew. <laughs> Oh, it's, t- it's terrible because people always ask me, oh, what are you making? I'd love to be able to say, you know, <laughs> I've made this and that. But, you know, particularly at the moment, organising the sewing weekend for this weekend, you know, 14-hour day, there was no time. <laughs> there was no time for sewing um, during that at all. Um, but I am hoping after this weekend that I might be able to do a bit there. And I always say this. Um, and I have loads of things cut out as well. It's terrible. But um, I, th- I need to kind of organise my own sewing weekend where I'm the one that goes and then I can really <laughs> yeah. get loads of sewing done. Just block out two days in your calendar. Yeah. yeah. Well, Charlotte, time. she's been good. She's already cut out what she's going to make this weekend. And I am going to use one of the things, hopefully, that I've already got ready. And I might be able to do a bit of sewing, but it just depends how the technology's going and that sort of thing to whether I'll be able to do some sewing. But I am going to go on to Insta Stories and do, and chat a bit there about, well, tell everybody what I'm aiming to make and then we'll see <laughs> at the end of Sunday whether I've actually managed it or not. <laughs> what do you and Kate do to, like, celebrate the end of the weekend normally? I have, like, visions of youth with, like, champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say with that, but, but it's quite tiring, obviously. Um, and so usually we just actually have when it's a, like a meet up in real life, we'll take the Monday off where we just don't get out of bed. I mean, obviously, you know, in our own in our own homes, but, um, we're just like we're so tired that we're just like we can have a pajama day. So that's that's what we do. You probably all know that we are huge fans of faff machines. We use them in all of our workshops and when we're sewing at home on our boats. So what do we love most about them? They're super smooth to sew on with a sleek design and their iconic IDT system, essentially a built-in walking foot, makes handling all types of fabric a dream. We honestly couldn't sew what we do without them. Get in touch with us if you fancy a machine upgrade or if you'd like to know more about any of the models. Could you tell us a little bit about what is going on over the sewing weekender? Yeah, so in a normal in-person event, as I've mentioned, you know, you'd bring a project and sew it and we'd have some talks, workshops um, and a fabric shop. And we'd also have um, somebody to help you with your sewing project. So we've tried to take as many elements as we can from the real life event online. So um, there will be talks, workshops, things for you to learn. um, And also we'll have... um, 
Barbara, who will be helping you with any sewing queries you've got. So we'll have the hashtag sewing weekend to help, which you can use on Instagram. And if you've got any questions in general about sewing or what you're making, then Barbara hopefully will know the answer and she'll be going on to stories and tagging you with um, how she can help. And obviously that'll be open to other people as well to help you. Um, and we'll also just have our normal sewing weekend hashtag where you can then see what everybody else is getting up to over the weekend. Sounds good. Who do you have chats with this year? Lots of people. So we're still confirming the final contributors to the weekender. Um, but we've got Rachel Pinheiro talking about personal style. Um, Harriet from So Me Sunshine, she's doing a fabric 101. Uh, we've got Katie Cortman, she's talking about colour theory. Um, we've got Alice and Co. Patterns, they're talking about kind of um, pattern history in the 1920s. So um, I'm sure there's others that I've now forgotten. Um, <laughs> but there is, oh, and the Stitch Sisters there, they've done a tutorial on making your own DIY dungarees without a pattern. Um, so, and Tilly's also filmed a special Q&A um, video for us, so that would be great. And then there's loads and loads, there's over 40 other contributors who wow. have filmed kind of shorter kind of chatter videos where they're talking about what they've been sewing during lockdown um, or what their experiences of the sewing weekend were last year, or they've given a kind of little sneak peek behind their business of what's going on. So Megan Nielsen um, filmed her most recent photo shoot for her pattern. So she'll be sharing that. So there's just, there's absolutely loads of people. It's been amazing, the response. You know, we've been so lucky that so many people have given up their time, mm. you know, to record videos for everybody. So there's probably two hours of chatting over the weekend and then a few others out hours of the talks and tutorials and things you can learn so there'll be loads of loads of stuff to keep you company and entertained <laughs> and where is all the money going which charities um so when we first started the the idea of the event was in response to the pandemic we're in so we chose um the charities um nhs charities together and also the mental health charity mind and then because we've sold so many more tickets, we've also added on um, Black Lives Matter and the Stephen Lawrence Charitable Trust as well. So all the profits, which is pretty much going to be 99% of the actual pattern sales themselves, um, will be split equally between those four charities at the end of the weekend. It's amazing. Are people able to buy tickets on Saturday? Yes, so... Um, we are going to keep ticket sales open on the Saturday for anyone that wants to join okay. um, because nearly all the content is going to be available sort of to watch the whole weekend um, because we are really conscious once people from kind of Australia started buying tickets that, you know, they would end up missing out if everything was too structured. Yeah. So we have one event, um, what, well, one kind of talk that is only available just for the two days of the weekend and then it will be coming down, but pretty much everything else will stay up after that. And there'll be a couple of live Zoom sessions, which now that there's over a thousand people, I'm not quite sure how we're going to make that work. <laughs> but the idea was that at the end of Saturday and Sunday, that everybody would come online to show like what they're making or what they're finishing. <laughs> but with a thousand people, I'm just not sure if we're going to be able to manage that. But Charlotte is a technology whiz. So um, she is looking into extensive Zoom options about how we can make this work. So time will tell on that one. But everything else, you'll just be able to dip in and out of, you know, whenever you want to. So.
um, all of our guests these questions. Okay. So what has been your business high of the past five years? Oh, um, I think one of the early ones was when we went to the Molly Makes Handmade Awards. And I was actually on holiday in Devon at the time and we had to do a presentation and everything. And Kate was like, she really hates talking in public. And uh, she was like, I'm just not sure I can go and do it on my own. So I had to travel back overnight from Devon to do the presentation. Um, on a, I mean, it took like six hours or something. It was crazy. Um, and then we won the Handmade Champion Awards. And that was really early on in the business. And we were just completely amazed. It was totally unexpected. And that really gave us the confidence, I think, you know, at that point that this was a good idea, you know, and we should do it. Um, and I think, as I mentioned before, those group of people that met up really early on from our forum, that was a big high for us as well, because we thought, you know, we really are bringing people together that enjoy making, sharing their hobbies. So those two are definitely things that we're really proud of. Um, the last thing that you sewed, and I'm saying other than a face covering, because everyone just keeps saying okay. face covering. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, actually what I'm wearing now is the, the last thing that I sewed. Um, it's a named uh, Rita dress, which is really lovely for the summer. So it's like a, a shirt dress, but it's just got like a tie waist and buttons down the front. Um, and it's got slits up the side. And I think the, the pants actually designed probably for people that are taller than me. I didn't shorten it, so now it's mini dress. So <laughs> yes. it's actually turned out... Did you have the same thing? Yeah, it's, it's like... It's turned out to be, like, angles. sort of more fashionable than I expected yeah. just because I'm a bit shorter. <laughs> so, um, but, no, I absolutely love this pattern, and I've made it a few times, actually, since it came out. So it's just it's perfect for wearing in the summer. Yeah, it's so. really nice. We I think when I them. picture you in my head, you're wearing a Rita. I think you wore it to one of our parties. Yeah. Right? Yes. Well, I've got, I've got, um, I've got a few. So yeah, I probably have done. Um, and I've also made because I think the last party that you put on, um, I made a paper cut and pattern for that one. I've now forgotten the name, which is terrible because I'm clearly meant to know all the names <laughs> of the patterns. And the yeah. um, it's the one where it kind of wraps. It's a really unusual bodice, and it wraps round and oh, ties around the front. Um, but that was a really nice pattern to make as well. So, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, not much sewing happens, unfortunately. <laughs> it's really something I need to put put more effort into, into carving out some time during the week for it. You need to take... We used to do sewing half terms. Yeah. Which were basically yeah. when we didn't... We just wanted some time off, so we used to... <laughs> or we didn't have enough to do. Yeah, so. early on when we just... We'd come into work sometimes and be like, now what? <laughs> So on a sewing half time, you just sew for the whole week, Monday to Friday. <laughs> we should we should have a socially distancing sewing half term where we both yeah, come yeah. over to your studio and we can sit each end of the room yeah. and do uh, <laughs> our sewing projects. Okay, and then the last question that we always ask is, what does sewing mean to you? Oh, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Because um, there's so many things. I think for me personally, not thinking about the business, um, it's definitely a really good creative outlet. Not just the actual thinking about what you're going to make and your fabric choice and all those exciting things, but actually the process. You can, I, I can easily just lock myself away, you know, in the room for the day, put a podcast on, plenty of snacks, and I can sew for hours and I get quite sort of in the zone with it. And it really is, unless, of course, it goes wrong. You can't get a seam ripper out, which we all know the pain of that. Um, but 
other than that though it's it's just it's it, I find it quite relaxing and it's really nice to be able to focus on that one thing you know for that period of time and also have something to show for it at the end it's a lot of stuff you do in life you know you don't necessarily have something you then continue to wear afterwards um so that's why I really like it it's, I guess it's escapism really isn't it you know it's that time you spend on your own indulging in something you really like so I think that's what sewing is for me Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for doing this podcast for the weekend. We really appreciate it. And so I hope that people enjoy listening to it. I've got your my fingers crossed for all your internet and Zoom. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> everything Let's hope we don't break the website <laughs> <laughs> or YouTube. <laughs> um, and thank you to Fab for sponsoring and to Fred for editing. <laughs>